0: Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. This morning we're going to continue. Last week we talked about uh, words to be thankful for and we talked about being alive, being alive. Uh, Because of what Christ has done, we're alive. And and this week the word we're going to be focusing on is free. Uh, And so as we turn to Romans chapter 6, I'd ask that you'd stand in honor of God's word and I'd like to read to you from Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 15. God's word says this, What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not, uh, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you were uh, once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness." God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would guide our steps as we seek to understand who you are and what you're doing. God, thank you for your church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, uh, as we go to God's word, we're coming to a passage, actually in the middle of a passage, Romans chapter 6, uh, an incredible passage, an important one, that teaches us What Jesus has done on our behalf. And not just what he has done, but how it affects us. I want to remind you that we are a church that goes to God's word over and over again. Uh, We want to know more, Uh, we want to learn and to grow. But not just that we would be smarter, but that we would be transformed, that we would be changed that the message of the gospel, that it would change us. And this morning, as we look at a amazing passage, I trust that you will be changed by our time. In the context of what's going on in this passage, it's bringing up the question of grace. What do you do with grace? Now, uh, most of us who have trusted in Christ, we remember what our life was before uh, coming to know Jesus. And we... we one of the things that he did was he drew us through his grace. He, he, he made it attractive for us to come to him. We wanted to have him because he was going to show us love, and that grace was attractive to us, and it brought us in. And there was a sense of great relief. Uh, before you knew Christ, uh, we're talking a little bit about that this morning, there was this sense of self-effort, of trying to be good enough and never add, never adding up and us fumbling through life and this sense of emptiness that came from trying and trying and trying and never succeeding, kind of feeling like our whole life was on the squirrel wheel, if you will. We were running really hard, but now we weren't making any progress. In fact, we were still uh, these failures in our sins, but then we understood the grace of the gospel, that Jesus loved us, that God shared with us His Son, they gave His Son on our behalf, not because we were lovely, not because we were good, but in our sin, He gave us Christ, and so it's not on the basis of works, but it's the free gift that He gives us, and so we rejoice, right? We rejoice, But the question comes, after you come to faith, well, if it's not doing good works that gets us to heaven, if it's only a gift of God, does that mean that I can just sin like crazy? (laughs) Does that mean that I don't have to worry about doing anything wrong anymore? That we should just live uh, for our sinful pleasures over and over again? It's this question that this passage is trying to answer. And in the midst of this, A super important truth that if we grab hold of it, I think it could transform the way we live this week. And so excitedly, I come to this passage with you um, and want to walk you through what it is. The two words, one bad and one good, uh, ending up with speaking of the freedom that we have in Christ. As we look at this, we see in verse, at the end of verse 15, he says, by no means. Don't, don't jump headlong into sin because of the grace of God. That's not the point of the love that God would give, give us in his son. Verse 16 says this, Do you not know that, uh, that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey." When you see that word slavery, I think for us as people from the United States, Americans who've studied our country's history, we hate it. The idea of the slavery period and what that meant. And I want to tell you that the reason that we don't have slavery is a simple reason. It's wrong. That's wrong. And how did we come to that conclusion? I want to say we came to that conclusion through the scriptures. And I don't, I don't say that we had this Bible study and somebody woke up one day and said, oh, slavery is wrong because we studied the scriptures. But the truths that are found in here that were passed down from generation to generation and affected our country, um, these are the ones that drew us away from abolishing slavery. And a couple of things are this, that that men and women have worth. They're the special creation, Right? They're they're the ones. Because we were created by God as a special creation, we are not to be owned by another. And in that creation, you you look in the book of Genesis, and it continues on through that, that theme throughout the Scripture, that men and women, people, humans, are made in the image and likeness of God. And so being made in the image and likeness of God... We are not to be owned by one another, uh, but we have a certain dignity and respect that each person deserves, not on the basis of what they've done or the basis of where they're from, but on the basis of the Creator and what He has done to create them and to cause them to be His special creation. We look at that, and we so we look at one another, and we say, you're special. You're not to be owned. That said... um, as we think of slavery uh, in the time of Rome where this book was written to this city, there were slaves everywhere. There were slaves everywhere. In fact, some have suggested that it was over 70% of the people in the New Testament were slaves. And there were all kinds of different slaves and they had roles and and they all served a person who owned them. Uh, and so when Paul says slavery. Everyone was going, of course. I I know what that's like. Many of them who would have heard this message would have said, "Yes, I'm a slave. This is my master." As we consider this this morning, uh, it may be repulsive to us, but it was something that they knew well. And as we consider this passage, I, I want us to make sure that we're looking at this and saying, "Slavery is not a good thing," but as it's described here. Um, We're talking about the slavery of sin. The bad word that we're looking at this morning is slaves, slaves, being a slave to sin. Most of the time uh, when people get confronted with a gospel, they, they do this thing in their mind, you know, they say, oh, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. I I had this freedom that I could sin and I could I could do whatever my heart cried out for. And if I came to know Christ, I wouldn't be free anymore. I want to tell you the importance of the scripture right now for you and for me, is to hear that that's totally wrong. It's the complete opposite. This passage tells us and others uh, in the scripture. That what it means to not know Christ is to be a slave of sin. Slave of sin. If you can picture with me um, a marketplace where there are many people, many people. And and the masters are gathering around and they're doing their shopping for the week or the month, and they're they're gathering around and, and they've brought their slaves with them. And so the masters are with one another, and slaves are in another area. And the master calls out, he, he purchased some things and he wants his slave to come and grab them and uh, place them and take them away. And, and so he calls to his slave and the slave says this to the other slaves, he says, my master's calling, I'm going to go uh, retrieve what he wants, I'm going to go do what he wants me to do. And so he, he responds. The other slaves go, well, that wasn't my master." And so uh, another master would call. and says, "Well, I got to go too." And uh, there's this identification: I'm a slave, and that's my master. He's calling for me. That's a simple thing: the one you obey, the one you go back to, the one you respond to. You're the slave, and they're the master. Obedience shows possession. Obedience shows possession. Uh, how does the slave-master relationship work? The one who obeys is the one who's the master, right? The one that you listen to. The one that the slave jumps when he hears his voice. As we look at this passage, we see that um, the one is presented to and And as Americans, we struggle with this concept of slavery because we're independent, right? We do whatever we want to do. We... Choose what we want to choose. And we like to make up our own course and say, we do whatever we want. The reality is, if you look at the scripture and listen to the teaching, it's not that way at all. That sin is not something we toy with and then put it away when we're done playing with it, but it's something that holds us, that grabs us, that we're, we're stuck in. That we may have played with it and walked away, but it calls our name again. And we say, I don't want to go, but you go anyways. Because you're enslaved by it. And you run back to it. You get this picture in the scripture when it speaks of slavery. You realize it's far more significant than we want it to be. The problem with this slavery of sin is what it leads to. Uh, some would say because of the how how prolific it was that there were slaves maybe it's not that bad to be a slave maybe it's just like another job maybe maybe it's you know what's so bad about it as you look at this passage you see where it leads to that this slavery uh, in, in the middle of verse 16 It says, uh, slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, which leads to death. It's not just that sin's bad, it leads to death. It brings upon death to your life and to mine. It's not good stuff. It's that taste where it may seem sweet at the moment, but it brings death to your life. And so, as we consider this slavery, what makes it worse, it's not a slavery to anything good, it's a slavery to sin. And the problem with being a slave to sin is that it leads to death. You know, there's two possible outcomes. There's death, which comes from sin, and also, or obedience, which leads to righteousness, obedience, to following after Christ, to being the one that He would be our master. So, what's bad is this: is that slaves are stuck. They're stuck in that relationship. Um, often, we uh, we look at any particular some particular sin, and people would say, "Well, I can stop any I want." Uh, I want to tell you that sin's a circle, right? And we're, without Christ, we're in that circle. And we may be, uh, there might be a particular brand of sin that we're good at, right? It's the thing that's holding us. And you say, well, I can stop anytime you want. And you might be able to, but what you're doing is you're trading that particular sin for another one. And you're staying within that sinful circle, if you will. And you think that you're getting away, but you're not getting away. You're stuck in sin. Trading out one sin for another, stopping for a moment, and then going to the next. But to be able to... And and some, some of us, be, be careful. Remember that there's all kinds of immorality in this box. There's all kinds of... Uh, drunkenness and uh, perversion and filth from our mouth there's all kinds of those things that are included in sin but also in that box of sin is self-righteousness thinking that we're good in and of ourselves pride pride saying i i know what i'm doing and i'm awesome selfishness that says i'm just taking care of me these are sins as well and so within this uh circle if you will are just sins and we bounce from one to the other why because we're stuck there we're stuck there and being stuck there means that death is coming to our life because of the sin to which we're enslaved as you look at this you realize that's a bad word right slavery slave to sin that i'm a slave to sin apart from jesus i'm not a big guy for quotes but uh quoted uh robbie zacharias uh I'm not even sure he first said this or if he read it in a book. I'm going to say it now so you can quote me, but I'm quoting Ravi Zacharias, who's probably <laughs> quoting somebody else. He said this. He said that sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. That's sin. We think that it 's a good deal, we think that it 's what we want and the the minute we commit that sin it 's not something that we can get away from and, and By the way, if you can picture that master sitting in his uh chair in his bed in his room, and he has that little bell and he he rings it and the mat uh, he The slave comes running and he says, oh, what what can I do? And he says something and he does it. And then, then as he's walking away, he rings the bell again and he grinds his teeth and he says, I don't want to go back, but I know that that's my master calling me back. And again and again and again. Why? Because he's enslaved. That's his position. Slavery is a bad deal. Slavery is what we are apart from Christ. We are a slave to sin. In verse seventeen, he tells us, uh, "It changes, right? It changes. Apart from Christ, we're a slave to sin, but with Christ, we are freed. We are free from sin." Verse seventeen says, "But thanks be to God that you were once slaves to sin, have become obedient from the heart and the standard of teaching from which you are committed, and been set free." from sin and I become slaves to righteousness. As you look at this, he's he's talking to a church that has accepted the gospel. He's talking to people who have been changed by the message of Jesus and he's pointing them back to their story, right? You once were slaves. Way back when before you knew Jesus and and I'm always fascinated to hear people's story, not only their testimony, but definitely their testimony, but their, their life. They say, well, I grew up in this place and I grew up in this neighborhood and then my parents were like this and this shaped me and molded me and then my life changed in this reason and that reason and I got to this place and I met this person and, and this is how my life is different and he's pointing to this right now. He says, you once were slaves to sin. I want to tell you it's important that you get your testi- your own testimony right, okay? Make sure you say that. Not not so much those words. M- make sure you remember how desperate it was. I think some of us who, who were raised in the church, uh, we, we, our testimony goes like this. We somehow say this. I was a pretty good kid. I did everything right. I learned a lot of Bible verses, and I did some really great things. And then I came to know Jesus, and he kind of changed me. I want to tell you, you may not feel like it's dramatic, but it is. Because you and I, apart from Jesus, were only one thing. We were a slave to sin. And if you want me to include last week's, in that slavery, we were dead in our sins. Dead. Nothing we could do. And so the change of the gospel for anyone is dramatic. Because it brings us from a slavery to sin. To free in Christ. As we look at this passage, I, I, I want to make sure that we, we slow down and think about this for a moment. Uh, you were once slaves to sin, uh, but you have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. This teaching that they're talking about is a, a sharing of the message of the gospel, of what Jesus has done, okay? That's what we're doing right here this morning. Uh, We're talking about what Jesus has done on our behalf. We're freed by a message, a message, a good news message. It's not my story. I haven't made it up. It's not one that you figured out. It's the message that is shared through the gospel, the Bible. We are freed by a message. I want to give you, I'm not not much for cross-referencing, but... Mark chapter 10, um, another place in Matthew shares this same passage story as well. But in Mark chapter 10, in verse 45, it says, uh, it's a passage about service and what Christ has done. It tells us an important word. He says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That word ransom is a Greek word that's like the price or the cost of loosing. Uh, that, that we wouldn't say it that way, but that's the way Greek grammar people say things because they don't care about sounding smooth or anything like that. But it's the idea of uh, the, the cost of taking the chains off, the price that that it took to bring that bondage to end. And... And I want us to connect this. This is so important. As we see being enslaved to sin, how do we get out of that? Well, there was a price that had to be paid. There was a ransom that was paid. And I just want to say it this way. Jesus was the ransom price. He was the one. Jesus was the ransom price. As you think about uh, service... That passage in Mark is about service and who should serve and like who's more important. And this. and the example is this, that the Son of Man, Jesus, that he didn't say, I'm not the servant here, I'm the king. He served. He served. And what did he do? He gave his life. He gave his life. Be careful when you say, well, I'm not going to do that for them. I'm not going to serve it. Somebody else. I I'm kind of above that job. You know, I don't I don't clean toilets. I don't work in the nursery. I don't you know, uh thankfully it's blowing really hard here. The leaves are going to end up somewhere down on the other side of the valley and something like that be bad though if it blows the other way and then we'll get all their leaves but anyways maybe we see ourselves as not we're not the servants we're the ones to be served and and you get this picture wait a minute jesus served us he gave his life he gave his life for what the price that you would be free that you the chains would be uh, opened up the 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 bondage of the sin that you couldn 't get out of he was the price he was the price. another word um, in Galatians chapter four and you know these these could have brought up a bunch of different passages, but Galatians chapter four is one Galatians chapter four verse four says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son this is a great Christmas passage by the way, great God. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. I want you to get this. This is so great, okay? We're enslaved to sin, every one of us, apart from Jesus. Includes you, okay? Okay? Uh, we're enslaved to sin. We're stuck there. We cannot get out. We can't buy ourselves out. We can't work our way out. We can't get out of sin. We're stuck there, and sin leads to death. Okay? What happens? What happens? Oh, Galatians 4 tells us what? He says he says that we Jesus came to redeem. Redeem. That picture there is uh, all these are kind of Uh, money and slavery and the idea of freeing connection or redeem is to buy someone back it's to change them it's to bring them over and and this is what jesus came for this is what he came for why did god send forth his son why was he born why was he so that he would redeem why would he redeem them so that they can be free yes but more than that It says this, so in verse 5, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Adoption as sons, that's all connected to all that inheritance stuff. That we would not just have, so it's not just that we were a slave and now we're free, it's that we're a slave, we've been made free, we've been adopted. We've been granted all the riches of the Father as sons, as full full heirs. You look at this and you realize how were we redeemed? We were redeemed at the cost of Jesus. at The cost of Jesus. What he did paid that we would be redeemed. That we would not be worthless, dead in our sins. That we would be made something when we were nothing. Redeemed. This passage, um, it connects it. I'll just spend a few moments on this. But um, as he says uh, that you are once slaves, verse 17, uh, slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart, to the standard of the teaching to which you were uh, committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. I want to tell you that uh, it's not slave to nothing. It's slave to slave. And, and we're no longer serving sin, but now we are doing what's right. Why? There's a reason because it points back to our Savior. Because it points back to the one who redeemed us. Who, the one who paid the ransom price. It goes back to Him. And because of what He has done, we are no longer a stuck slave. We are now a willing slave of the one who redeemed us. What a beautiful thing. Which brings me to just side note here. We should all enlist ourselves in the free man living project. And what is that? It's figuring out how to live as free men. Figuring it out. Uh, Being a slave to sin, that's easy to figure out, right? You're just stuck in it, right? So you're just swimming in it. You, You just keep doing it over and over again. But now that you're free, you've got to figure out what it is to live like one that's free. I'm reminded, uh, I went to a church similar to Bear Valley Church uh, growing up, and I had the opportunity uh, when I was in high school to go to Mexico. And we went to a particular orphanage outside of Tijuana, and it was a good deal. Like, they they had some amazing things going on. They were taking kids off the streets and uh, giving them food and clothing and uh, teaching them the scriptures. And by the way, uh, ladies, this Wednesday, a little commercial, Emily Hostedler is going to be here, and she's going to be talking about the Tabitha Centers, uh, Wednesday morning over there, amazing ministry, taking ladies off the street, uh, sharing them two things, sharing them how to make a living and about Jesus, You know, helping them with something physical, but sharing with them Jesus. And that's what this orphanage was doing. And it was a great work, an amazing thing. And I, we got to see it. And as Americans, we went down there and there were 40, 50 of us or whatever. And uh, we created a lot of trash because that's where we're Americans. That's what we do. And so there was a huge dumpster that we had thrown our trash into. And one of the little kids got in trouble. And the lady lady that was in charge was explaining to us that this little little boy, he was eight, that he... Uh, was in the dumpster and he was he was diving and he was looking for food and anything of value and he was he, he was eating out of the dumpster and, and we were like what i don't understand that like uh we saw where they eat we saw their cereal we saw their eggs we saw we saw the food that they had and and she said oh it's very common it's very common even though their life has changed and they have all this they have all these riches Many times, they just run back to the very things that they were saved from. And to me, I want to tell you, that's you and I when we go back to sin. We're so comfortable. We're, we, we we remember what that's like to live in sin, and it's become the pattern. But, but we've been freed from that. And so now, what are we supposed to be doing? The free man project, right? How do we live now? We're supposed to slow down and go hey, uh, I know what it is to live like a slave. I I did that. You know, that was all that. What is it like to live as a free man for Christ? What is it like now that we've been given this new life? What, What does it look like to be a Christian? What does it look like to follow Christ at my job? What does it look like to follow Christ in my marriage, the way I raise kids, the the way I, I go to school, the way I uh, look at the internet, what, what does it look like? Because I'm a different person now. I once was enslaved, but now I am free. I'm free. I want to encourage you. That's what we're doing. Okay, you're not enslaved any longer. If you've trusted in Christ, you are not enslaved any longer, and so quit acting like it. You're not stuck anymore. You're a free man. You're a free woman. And for us, it's to say, what does this new life look like? What does it look like for me to do the things that I'm doing as a free man or a free woman? Well, I skipped over something on purpose. If you look at verse 17, how does it start out? But thanks be to God. This is a month where we set aside and we focus on what we're thankful for. And if you were here last night, uh, you heard some of our little ones uh, talk about what they were thankful for: God, ninjas, and Legos, you know, or ballerinas and God, you know. Uh, it's all you know how you think of it in your mind. Uh, but but you realize that. Um, you know, that's kids. They, they see, you know, they're, they're struggling through it. I'm thankful for God, but I'm also thankful for my Legos. You know, uh, it's all, you know, one thing. They're just being grateful. For us as adults, uh, we struggle a little bit more pride involved. But we say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my car. Thankful for my car, I'm thankful for my job that I was so smart enough to get because I'm such a great worker. uh I'm thankful for my house. You know, I designed this myself, and you know, I, I could show you how this works. And I decorated this myself, and I did this myself. And if you really connect it all together, we're thankful for ourselves and how great we are. But I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. When it comes to us being free men or women in Christ? What'd you do? What what part did you contribute? And you could say, well, I contributed the messy part. (laughs) I brought the mess. Yeah. And God took that mess, your life, and he redeemed you. He paid the ransom price so that you would no longer be enslaved, but you would be free. And so in the midst of this amazing passage that explains our salvation, it says, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. God, the Father, gave His Son, gave His Son, so that you and I would no longer be stuck in our sin, but we would be redeemed ransom from that, and that we would not just be free men, but that we would be free to serve Him. But not just to be enslaved, but that we would be adopted as sons and daughters. Full heirs of all the riches that come from the Father. This is a reason to be thankful. A word to be thankful for that I am free. Please join with me in prayer. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being with your people and singing your praises and looking at your truth And God, I ask that you would remind us of where we've come from stuck in sin. God, forgive us for minimizing our plight uh, apart from you. God, help us to dwell on it often, how far we've come because of Jesus. And God, help us to be grateful people, thankful for what you have done I it all to you because you were the one who gave your son. You sent forth your son so that we would be redeemed. God, thank you for all the riches that you've blessed us with in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to continue this series next week. I hope to see you here. You are dismissed.